You're listening to WEMF Radio, presented by the Sound Museum, Boston. Canicare Docs, compassionate, compliant, confidential. Hey, hey, welcome. It's time. It's the Young Jerks. My name is Mike Crawford. And I am Brianna Morrell. And uh, we're here every Saturday at 6 06, 7, or yeah, 6 07 p.m. 6 p.m. Yeah, not at 6. Oh, oh at 6? Yeah. Sometimes at 6 We break in late now. You 6 notice that? But I don't care because we're waiting for guests. Yes, we right? have a very important guest here. Hopefully. Tonight. You're not here yet. Well, we hope we have a very important guest here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, city council, maybe. We'll see. Uh, running for Mass State Senate. He's in high demand today, obviously, uh, in a tight race. And it's gotten kind of a little bit. Uh, Testy, a testy race among Democrats, among an, an incumbent uh, state senator. I'm wondering if I should just call her the state senator today. Because in her campaign, thing, she was just calling our guest, uh, well, our hopeful guest, uh, Lee Lan Chung, the city. She she was calling him just the city councilor. City councilor, no use of his name, Chung. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is, so I'm wondering if it's okay if we just call her. Today we're talking about Padre Allen. Uh, wh- why don't we call her the state senator? Just state senator, no. Yeah. Padre Allen. People know what we're talking about. I think six one seven five hundred seventy one hundred. Uh, there's also a quite a bit of uh, you know dust up about some issues and uh, some of the initiatives that we like to uh, talk about, and some that we haven't gotten into as much. Uh, but I think it's a good time today. And uh, we've had some outreach from one of the campaigns against one of the initiatives uh, to come on the show hopefully next week. So, we'll see, you know, it's heating up. So there's issues. Uh, and one of the big ones today, obviously, is school choice. And uh, I'm school choice. I'm getting it wrong already. Uh, the charter schools. Question two. Question two. Thank you, Brianna. Right? You're being <laughs> no the correct and perfect. <laughs> Question two. Yes. Uh and also, you know, where you stand on that, uh, running for office right now, and uh, where the money's coming from. Um, I kind of was like a proponent, I guess, of charter schools, my, you know, thinking and ideology. But uh, as time's gone on, you know, I've been exposed to the other side mm-hmm. and people I respect, like Chris Verone and some of his writing and, uh, you know, just other stories. And even just watching uh, the proponents for charter schools watching them uh, twist facts and lie. And it just, I think I am, uh, I get why people, why there's opposition to charter schools. I think also when you grow up in disenfranchised neighborhoods surrounded by charter schools, you have a different perspective as well. Um, For instance, uh, Brockton is where I grew up and being surrounded with uh, areas such as um, Easton and other, uh, even Lexington being within close distance with uh, much nicer neighborhoods, nicer schools available. Um, it was something that my family talked to even about uh, Boston Latin, wanting to find a way to send me uh, to a Boston charter school if possible, if there was any way to get me into that kind of a program, uh, being from the neighborhoods that we were in. Um, but I think uh, in Massachusetts, these charter schools um, we have such a great education program that we can push forward if we keep uh, putting the money into the right places. Um, 
And so this charter school question, I think, is dividing a lot of people because it's dividing the teachers, it's dividing legislators, it's dividing Democrats <laughs> about yeah. which way they want to decide. Which is um, kind of exciting, the Democrat part, I think. Definitely. <laughs> to um, see them divided on anything. A question on uh, choice or, uh, you know, giving fair access to all people, I think, is what the two sides of the question are. Yeah, and I, uh, I think you framed it very well when you talked about... Uh, where the money goes, where, where, where that spending goes. And, uh, last, last time Lee Lin Chung came on, uh, we had a discussion a little bit about that. And he, he said he was, uh, for charter schools and for public schools, which, you know, to me, I, maybe I should have been a little tougher that time. I think, uh, if, you, if, if we have him on the show, we will be today. Um, cause I feel like there's not enough money and you can't just say you're going to support both, like, and give more money to both. Um, Unless you have some kind of magical bill designed that is possible to show me that you can uh, provide enough money within the uh, a single city's budget to be able to provide enough money for both. I don't think you can just say that simply that you support both of them. Um, you need to be giving, as uh, somebody running for state senate especially, you have to be giving um, actual bills, actual legislature that uh, can be put into place to support what you are saying. Yeah. Uh, today is supposed to be, uh, you know, because we have a primary coming up uh, in Massachusetts. Um, people might know about it's going to be on a Thursday. It's uh, this upcoming Thursday. What is it? Uh, September eighth. Yeah, you're right on, Brianna. You know exactly what's going on, don't I'm you? I'm on the game this week. The primaries got me all excited. Election and, uh, season. I'm yeah, ready. Yeah. So we have this uh, the city councilor going up against the state senator for her seat in Massachusetts here in Cambridge, where we're at in Somerville. Um, and hopefully we have Leland on, hopefully he shows up today. I think he will. He always has in the past. So yeah, we have doors open for him. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, there are other races as well. And I just w saw him walk in. So, uh, he's here as well. Uh, we're definitely going to bring him up, uh, 617-500-7100. I think we should take a quick break and, uh, bring him on the show. And we're also going to have Kerry, uh, later too, who's running for United Independent Party call in today mm -hmm. about her third Plymouth district. Yeah. About her big campaign. We're also, we're also going to talk about, uh, some events that we're a part of, uh, at, uh, number one, the freedom rally and number two, our own event that we created uh, a little bit of education, a little bit of activism. It's, uh, the young jerks calling for cannabis education at mayor Walsh's bear garden. So that's going to be exciting as well. Uh, it's going to be a big show, isn't it? I think so. So why don't we take a break and we'll come back with who? We'll be back here with Leland Chung, who the just walked in. The city councilor. The city councilor, As uh, his opponent, the state senator, calls him. We'll be right back. W-E-M-F. <laughs> oh, we're back live. That was a quick... Uh, Quick break, Herb. What, what was that little thing? I don't even. Was that a commercial? A like what? Squawk coming yeah. back. What the in. heck is that? Um, it was uh, part of another song, but I, I paused it in time. Oh, I see. You you had another song in there. Six one seven five hundred seventy one hundred. Hey, maybe we'll play that one next if you know what it is. If you can tell us, that'd be cool. Uh, that, what what song was that before? Because I like that. That was uh something or other. What was it? Uh, good grief. By who? Uh, I don't know, Bastille. Yeah, Bastille. Bastille. I like that song. That, that, uh, I, I hear that, and I, I'm I'm a sap, and you know, I think of my friend KLP. You know, I, I still miss him every day. So, uh, hey, you know, I, 
I think it's good if uh, you do have people that you miss. It's hard. It's uh, it's difficult sometimes. But uh, if you remember the good things about them, you're keeping them alive. So that's that's a good thing, and uh, that's the way I think about that. And uh, we're the Young Jerks. We're here every Saturday at 6 p.m. Um, we got a lot going on, don't we, Brianna? We do. It's a full show tonight. Yeah. Well, who's sitting over there? We are here tonight with uh, Leland Chung, who is a city councilor from uh, the city of Cambridge, who's running for state senate tonight uh, for the second Middlesex second Middlesex district against incumbent Pat uh, Jensen. Jalen. Jalen. I think. Jaylen. I think we say it wrong. I, did we say it right? You don't even want to say her name, do you? No, Leland's like I'm not helping <laughs> you on her name. Jalen. 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 But uh, I, we we'll be calling her today the. Uh, what do we call her? The state senator. We've just been. We're not going to say her name anymore. We just said her name again, but we said her name a couple times. But mostly, we call her the state senator today because she sent out this. Uh, I don't know if she wrote it or a campaign wrote it or what. It was on Facebook, and it was like the screed. Uh, <laughs> she wants to debate uh, your can can't. Uh, uh, what was, I'm not sure. I want to ask you about this, but your campaign contributors. And uh, she called you, she didn't say your name, uh, Leland. She said uh, she called you the uh, city councilor. Mm-hmm. I, I am a city councilor. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think that was weird, though, that she didn't say your name? She just said the, the city councilor. I think uh, I think everything that their campaign is doing is a bit weird. Um, <laughs> you know, they did debate yesterday. Uh, I think it's, it's, the, it's more of just the same kind of political games that people are tired of. People want things to get done. They don't want to just see gamesmanship going in circles. You know, we debated a few times this, this, uh, during the campaign. We talked extensively about charter schools, which is her uh, pet issue, uh, and I, I won our debates. And uh, when she called out saying that she wanted to debate uh, the head of DFER, uh, you know, I, was, I was not involved in it, but uh, was happy to see that happen because I knew that she would lose that one too, and she did. So what is DFER? Tell people what that is. Uh, DFER, Democrats for Education Reform, uh, is an organization that's trying to promote education reform. Uh, you know, I think that uh, Senator Jay, Senator the Sen, come in Senator <laughs> Jalen gets a lot of her support uh, from the teachers union. Uh, they've dumped a, a lot of money into her campaign, and I don't think that I've seen this in the, on the Cambridge City Council that so often teachers have, have voted against policies that the union has proposed. Uh, and supported, and I think that increasingly the leadership seems out of touch and disconnected with the teachers that they're supposed to be representing. And I think Senator Jalen is increasingly out of touch uh, with not only the frontline teachers but also with the students and the education that we're trying to provide them. Uh, Defer, what they're trying to do is is talk about real education reform, what we need to do to give our students uh, a better uh, experience and platform and route to having a career in this area. Uh, and preparing them for you know the challenges that come with living in a globalized city. What about the charge uh, that uh, the for charter school side is funded uh, by corporations and for corporate control of the, of education, a, a corporate takeover? I mean, that's a common what I hear people say. What, how, how would you respond to that? Well, uh, so they it's all independent from me, so I only know what I see online and the ads that pop up and the mail that I get and what's reported on the campaign finance websites for the state. Um, so I, I will, I, you know, frankly, I'd rather take some rich people's money and do good with it than take money from people that don't have enough to, to, for themselves to begin with. 
Um, but I, I think that that's a, that's a baseless accusation, and it, it detracts from the merits of what we should be talking about. Uh, once you start talking about this school versus that school or you know, who's funding what or what, do they have an ulterior motive and start submitting conspiracy theories, you know what? I want to ignore all of that, and let's just talk about the kids and the education that they're getting. And as soon as you start talking about the schools and the money, what you're losing sight of is the kids. Let's talk about the money again, though. Uh, the, uh, are you going to now, since she demanded a debate with, with some of your contributors, are you now going to demand a debate against her contributors, against the union heads? If I challenge anyone to anything, it's going to be a math test, uh, which I think is a lot more relevant to the Green Line extension. Uh, she cannot tell you how much it's going to cost. Uh, she doesn't know. Uh, there's been no calls in the legislature to reform the process that led uh, to this, you know, this constant cost overruns and overtime. Uh, so I challenge anyone to a math test. Mm, wow, throwing <laughs> down. <laughs> I, I wouldn't take that one on. I, I would take on most challenges, but I, I, I'm looking at you and I'm like, nah, I probably would not win in math against Leland. <laughs> what do you think, Bree? Who would win? Uh, myself or Leland in a math, math challenge? I don't know if you're that good at math. I'm like, not. That's not like the, I did okay, though, actually. I surprisingly okay in the I'm SAT scores. I'm pretty decent with math. But my so verbal was I'd where like I'm good. I'd like to take yeah. people on, yeah. but... <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was wondering, Ben, uh, back to what you were talking about uh, with regard to the two different groups uh, with GFER and the MTA. Um, so do you say, then, that the MTA is out of touch with what teachers need, um, if you think that GFER is the group that should be pushing the forefront of you know, legislation for schools in Massachusetts? I think on this, it, it certainly seems like they're out of touch. And uh, I don't think that they're representing the interests of their teachers well. You know, they've come out, they started, uh, they came in, if you look on the, the website, you can see the chronology. If you look on the state's website of, of finance disclosures, they started hitting me with attack ads. Uh, they put up websites uh, going against me. They, they bought up misspe- misspellings of my name. Uh, you know, that seems a bit... That's the kind of politics that people don't like anymore, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think, I think as edu- I think educators, teachers, politicians need to set the standard in terms of the kind of behavior that we want to see our kids emulate. And I don't think that their behavior is something that we would like to see our kids emulate. Are you surprised by it? Like, I mean, it does almost seem surprising to me that two Democrats are going at it like this right now. But I, they have a I track mean, record of that. Everything that I've, I have, so I'm not, so I, everything that I've seen just in the mail from uh, groups that are supporting my campaign is all—it's all positive about me. It's talking about the issues that I stand for, what I believe, my background, my track record of success on the council, uh, and what I want to do for the district. They're not going after and trying to uh, confuse voters or diminish, uh, slander Pat Jillen's name. Uh, but that's exactly what the MTA is doing. And if they had, you know, I kind of think of—I, I, you know, my, my staff gets kind of worked up. I laugh. I say if they had good things to say about. The senator, they'd probably be saying that. But since they don't, they have to go after me. Mm-hmm. But I think the question still comes back to why are they so interested in uh, this charter school law in Massachusetts? Is it some kind of financial interest that, that it comes down to? Or is it, you know, because there is a lot of money that people are seeing. She's throwing around the, the $200,000 number, which was corrected to, I believe, around 97000 Compared to her 80 and counting so far. Correct, correct. Um, Uh, She's uh, had the MTA has put about uh, 77,000, they said, towards ads against you. Um, So what is the reason, though, that all of this interest is coming into this charter school? So so if you look back, again, the chronology on – I don't know why my my wife is different than yours. 
course. If you look back at the chronology of how, what the money in, in this race is, it's, it, it is, you know, I find it kind of crazy that I'm, I find myself in this situation, but they came in with attack ads against me. I think that is a signal back to the DFER groups, the groups that have historically, they, you know, these groups have been going head to head on a bunch of issues, on a bunch of races and uh, in different places. They saw that as probably saying, you know what, Senator, the Senator Jalen thinks that she's in trouble, that our campaign uh, is winning, that we have, uh, you know, a great shot of actually bringing uh, progressive and, and change to the district and getting things done. So they launched that. They launched against me. They w- if I was if I didn't have a chance of winning, they wouldn't waste their money uh, starting to launch attack ads against me. Defer saw that and said, you know what? If somebody if they're going to attack Leland, who has a more more is not I'm not pro charter, but I have an open mind and I want to just talk about kids, not the school buildings. Um, they said, you know what? Let's get involved in this race and let's defend somebody who is agnostic on this issue towards us. So I, I think that's the chronology that I saw that they started attacking me and then. The other group kind of came in afterwards. But I will say, you know, if you look at the case of, for example, uh, the Facebook founder, uh, Zuckerberg, who put $100 million into some schools, uh, and then now he's backing off of that, that and starting, not backing off the commitment, but looking at different strategies. And I, I've, reading online, I've seen this happen and talking to people, you know, you've made it, you've got a lot, you've got a lot of money, uh, and all of a sudden you say, you know, I, I, I have a lot of money, but that doesn't give me fulfillment in life. What can I do with my time that's going to make me feel, you know, make me more complete and whole as a human being? And oftentimes what people say is, I want to go and get, and get, invest in education. I want to give other kids the kind of leg up that I had that made me successful in the first place. Then they will go and they'll donate money, in Zuckerberg's case, $100 million to the public schools, uh, and then they inevitably come back and say, nothing changed. Nothing happened. There's no difference in the quality of education. Uh, and then they'll get, someone will turn them on to, hey, how about this charter school is raising money and trying to do something different. And then they invest money in there and they get reports and they see the immediate impact that it's having on kids' lives. And I think that's a lot of times how, you know, it's not that they're these rich hedge funders who just want to corporatize education. It starts with them wanting to try and give back and they see that the most effective way for them to do that is via you know different models that are going to be more responsive and flexible and, and different. So, uh, have you seen any polling on this on this race? Have any, I mean, you're in, you're indicating that you think you uh, may win. Yeah, we haven't we have internal polling. I don't I haven't seen any news organizations do external polling. Get that. Could you release any of it and let, like w- w- like are you expecting <laughs> to win this? Like how close? I mean, it feels like a close race to it's me. It's neck I'm and just... neck. Uh, so our our numbers show that it's it's neck and neck. Um, and I'm assuming that, you know, she's looking at the same thing. Otherwise, why would she have called in the teachers union to get involved in the race? Six one seven five hundred seventy one hundred. We've been getting a lot of calls, but then they've been hanging out before we get to patch them through. Uh, I don't know what's going on. Is it our phone lines, or are they just getting scared? They're afraid to call in. <laughs> I hey, I know people had interest. They were hitting me up, and I know people are listening right now. So call in if you got the question. Six one seven, especially if you think we're missing something. Uh, six one seven, five hundred seventy one hundred. Yeah, that's a number. And Leland's uh, like, look, what are you doing with that microphone? You you got to like move in like ten different ways. You, oh, now it's the right way. Yeah. So I think you finally was, fixed it. It was set up when when I walked in here. It was set up in the wrong direction. Of course it was. <laughs> These guys are like, well, oh wait, oh it's a different type of mic. Uh, it's it's one of those bottom mics. Okay. To be, yeah. All there right. you go. So all right. 
We're, we're the young jerks. We're figuring out our studio again today. <laughs> it's funny. This place is uh, crazy. There's like 20, 30 shows a week. And maybe it's less now, but it's they got live events going on, you know, bands, all kinds of stuff. It's, it's a maze walking through here trying to find water or a restroom. Yeah, it's never the same. Ever, either, so, by yeah. the way, did you want to talk about what recently happened on the council? couple days ago i do but you know we have a phone call so let's see what they want to talk about first and then you can tell me about that how's that sound leland sounds good all right city councilor leland chung who who, who's on the phone they hang up again what's good no hey who who, who's calling in to the young jerks we get a dead phone why don't we get rid of that call then 617-500-7100 call in if you got a phone that works so uh, what did you want to tell us about uh, what happened at City Council? I think related to the ago? theme of your show. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Healthy Farms. Yes. Yeah. So we passed, uh, So I chaired the ordinance committee for the city council, and they came in. With, uh, their petition was heard on Tuesday, and it was forwarded on to the full city council with a favorable recommendation. And they're slated in our pipeline now to be, I think, the second medical marijuana dispensary in, in Cambridge, city. yep, yeah. Good for you guys. yeah. And you guys aren't person. you guys aren't doing what other, uh, especially bigger cities and towns are doing is like extorting people for major cash. I, I, are you still not doing that? It sounds like you watched the hearing. Um, so well, yeah. I didn't see it, but I'm wondering what's going on because yeah. I saw that started to break out in Cambridge when you know, and I I'm wondering what's going on. Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, so they came in and they said, um, you know, every other city is is expecting some kind of payment um, back to the city. You know, and it's sometimes it's you know it's it's exorbitant as you said, huge amounts of money, uh, to the point where it's gonna it could put it could put in jeopardy the viability of the business in the first place. And what I've said from the very beginning is, Cambridge is, is we're we're not strapped for cash. Um, I'm more interested in getting this medicine to people who need it, and especially people who can't afford it. So instead of you paying into the city, I would rather you make direct any kind of funds that you, know, other, that you have and ex, you know, excess revenue and the money that other cities are charging you, put that towards making the drug more affordable for people who are low income and can't necessarily afford it because it still is not covered by insurance uh, universally. Um, you know, there's still uh, federal prohibitions on it. It's, it's, not as, uh, it's, not, it's not as cheap as, you know, there, there's no, you can't have like, the same kind of copay that you can for other medication you need, but this is for many people, vital medication to their quality of life, uh, to get through chemo, to deal with IBS. And if they are of low income, I would like them to be able to afford it and put that money towards making that affordable for them. Awesome. Thank you for, uh, thank you for even bringing it up again and, and just doing what you're doing on that and what, what you've continued, you know, what you've done from the very beginning. I, like I endorsed you early on, uh, I don't necessarily agree with you all on the public education part of it, but I'm endorsing you because of issues like that and, and just that you follow through on them. Uh, you, you stick like you, totally on the right side on this for the marijuana. Who, who do we have on the phone this time? The Rhodes. What's going on? Rhodes, what's up, bro? Not much. Just checking it into the show and a very interesting topic in regards to obviously the education funding and to the um, the access to medicine in Cambridge. So, just wanted to check in and say what's up to the young jerks, and especially to our Congress, our, ooh, our future maybe Senator uh, Leland. Thank Chung. you. Would you would you vote for him? Uh, yes, 
If I if, if yeah, you were in so Cambridge, I'm in the right district. Of course, I'll vote for him. Cambridge, Somerville, Medford, and Winchester. Vote th- is Thursday, uh, September eighth. This Thursday. This Thursday. All right, Rhodes. Uh, thanks for checking in. What have you been up to, anyways? Real quick. Did the the rally, the New Hampshire Freedom Rally last weekend, and obviously looking forward to doing other rallies at the Freedom Rally that we're going to be doing at the Boston Commons coming up in a couple of weeks and stuff like that. But that's what I was last weekend was at the New Hampshire Freedom Rally. You know, the Cambridge Common is going to be opening up pretty soon. We'd love to have one over there, too. A Cambridge Wow. (laughs) Would you help us organize that, uh, Leland? Absolutely. Wow. Do you hear that, Rhodes? Maybe you can uh, be the point person on that with him. Okay. Just fill me in with the details. It's Everything's at Leland Chung. He'll give you his phone number. Like, you know, come on, you know. You, you you can organize it. Run with it. You got his support. LelandChung.com, 617-444-9080 is my cell phone. And email is just Leland at LelandChung.com. With a, it's C-H-E-U-N-G. Got it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely <laughs> look it up. All right. We'll talk to you, bro. Thanks uh, for All checking right. in. Let, let us look know up. when you're going to be actually uh, uh, in studio sometime yeah, like you're supposed you to be. Yeah, when are you coming back, Rhodes? I, I was hoping to come back today. We just had an um, um, issue with a uh, um, roommate kind of situation, so I was able to try to get in, but I wasn't able to get in today. All right. Thanks. No problem, man. Dan the man's uh, looking for your job, too. <laughs> Later, bro. All right. That was our sidekick, I guess. I mean, he's even a sidekick. He's never even here anymore. When was the last time he was here? I know. He's like, ditch me. We got fired by our sidekick. We don't pay. (laughs) (laughs) We're the young jerks on WEMF Radio. Hey, man, he's busy. I give him a lot of hard time, though, because I think that he gets a lot of things on the road that are intended for us on the show. And he he never, like, you know, he'll come by with the swag, the stuff that he didn't want. (laughs) <laughs> never get first choice I should get first choice on that stuff Yeah, oh, I was very disappointed at the gift bags because I know my friends were putting some extra stuff in there for, for me and you didn't get it no Rhodes got it all and who knows who else he gave it to he gave away our stuff we're the young jerks and yeah I live on that stuff I live on the uh, gifts from others I love it 617-500-7100 is the phone number you want to call in uh, we're speaking to who are we speaking to again we are here with uh, Cambridge City Councilor Leland Chung, who is running for state senate against. Am I allowed to say your name now? No, we'll just call her the state, state senator. The state senator. And we have the city councilor here. For... He's running against the state <laughs> senator. Who do, you, who do you pick? The city councilor that totally wants to talk about the mar- medical marijuana and brings that up, or uh, Pat Jalen, who does support legal weed but doesn't really talk about it, doesn't come on this show to talk about it. That's one of my issues with that campaign. And there's a big difference between. I think supporting things and actually getting things done, you know. So early on with Healthy Farms, uh, they came to me as I'm the chair of the committee, along with uh, co-chair of the committee uh, with Councillor Carlone. But I've been supporting medical marijuana for so many years. You know, they came to me and said, "We have this plan. What do you think?" Uh, they ri- were originally going to shut down the Red House and turn the entire building into a, uh, a facility. And I was like, "Well, people people love the restaurant, you know. I know you're you've been in business for 25 years, and your restaurant is a is a, it's grueling, grueling work." Uh, but I said, "You got to keep it. You got to keep the frontage of, for the restaurant because people just love it." Uh, and so they redid the plans and they figured out how to fit it all in and have the dispensary in the back uh, with through a secure door, but then keep the front open to uh, people who want to go and get some oysters and some some fantastic food. 
Uh, and so that actually made it a whole lot easier to get it then through the council, through the ordinance committee. But that's why that's what I talk about in terms of getting things done. It's not just supporting something. It's working, you know, behind the scenes to make sure that we're taking care of issues, that I'm making sure my colleagues are on board, that any questions that could come up, we've, we've tried to answer before they come up so that when it gets to the vote, things are smoother sailing. Yeah, it's, it's like the difference between actually, uh, you know, just kind of signing on and actually trying to get it done, like really making the steps and figuring out what needs to get done to get yeah. there, right, and yeah. pushing for. I mean, I, I see this all the time where – yeah, a lot of these electeds, they will sign on to something, but they won't actually, they won't even answer a phone call or, a, or an email to, to talk about it, to, to get support for that issue. It's just like, what are you doing? Like, well, yeah. do you really have intent here? Or are you just kind of playing that card just for a few votes maybe and to, you know, kind of quiet down a few people in your district that are vocal about it? I mean, I, I just wonder. I mean, it seems like that on yeah. this issue especially. It's frustrating, but then, you know, that's, I might be a politician, but I actually hate talking. What I like to do, I like to get things done. I like to do things, check it off the checklist, uh, and move on to the next challenge. I agree. And I do a talk show. I don't really like to talk much. I'm not very social outside. That's why I have people like Bree on the show. You're more so, are you a social, more social person, would you say, than me? I don't know. I'm like considered like an introvert and oh, extrovert. Yeah. So it's like a. You're like ENT. I'm ENTJ. I don't know on the. Uh... Oh, I can never think of it off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm naturally introverted, but I've learned to be extroverted. Hey, I, I think maybe I have it, some especially of that too. in city council. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of Cambridge City Council, it seemed like you guys had a pretty dramatic week as well with the protest that happened there. Um, I was wondering, uh, you know, part of your platform is definitely affordable housing and developing that in Cambridge. Could you speak a little bit more on that in response to the protest this week? Yeah, I think that. The, uh, the protesters, you know, well, I, we'll just, I think, to give it some context, uh, let's all say, be grateful and, and thank God that, you know, the local Cambridge Black Lives Matter isn't protesting in front of City Hall saying, stop shooting us, stop killing us. Okay. Right. They're Definitely. saying, coming in and saying, we need more affordable housing. Uh, and I think that that is something that everyone agrees to in principle. How you get there, I think, is, is complicated. And I know that they came out with, a, you know, so for example, they came out with a platform in terms of what they would like to see done, uh, the percentages, the second one. I think it was what, 25%? 25%. Set aside for then, affordable housing. Uh, MIT. So no one was talking about MIT graduate students' uh, housing until I got into the council because I was a graduate student there at the time and looked at all of my friends I sent, and talked to postdocs who were driving in from, you know, mm. the suburbs because they couldn't afford to live anywhere closer. And I was like, this is mind boggling. So they're just adding to the traffic. Uh, so I started talking about grad student housing and trying to force the issue. Uh, we, in the rezoning that they had for Kendall Square, increased the amount of housing that they were going to be building, got a representative from the city onto the MIT task force, task force that looked at housing, which is the first time they've ever, they've ever put anybody not at MIT onto it, one of their internal task forces. Um, so that was, I think, a great step forward in terms of making sure that we represented. But so, you know, we, we're pushing this forward. But they, you know, this, they said, can you just permit MIT to build more grad housing? I was like, that's not the issue. We're begging them. We're, trying, we're having to force them to build more housing. You know, it's not just that we need to permit them because it, it's creating that internal desire and realization that they should be housing more of their students so that they're not competing in the local housing market. Um, so it, so it, that's what I mean that, you know, the intent of, I think, the letter is completely spot on and is, is, is 100, I'm 100% behind it. 
but it's it's a little when you get down into the weeds it's a little more nuanced and a little more complicated we have a phone call as well. we're going to take uh who's on the line See, we don't get to screen these calls. They just come right through. Whack. I think we got a lot of uh, sock puck. It sounds like a pocket dial. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do we call those? Uh, sock puppet calls? I don't, why are you looking at me? We haven't called these sock puppet calls. Um, that's what I'm calling them. It seems <laughs> like it. It's like name? someone's got to like dial. Like they like just when the young jerks come on, I'm just going to butt dial them over and over again. Just catch them in if we can. It's so been I'll, happening a lot lately. I'll just say that that's why. We're going to have to get someone. That's I'm part sorry. of the reason why I decided to run for state senate is the affordable housing crisis that we're facing in Cambridge and Somerville and, and across this area can't be solved by one city alone, you know, because the housing market is regional in nature. And the only step up in terms of local government that we have from after the city is the state. And so we need state support and guidelines to just all get us on the same road and the same in this working the same direction towards building more affordable housing. The way it works now is if, you know, we ratchet up our number, but another our like Watertown or Boston doesn't increase their number. Any developer who's building housing will just go over to the next next town over and build the housing there because they, they have to give less back to the city. We need to have some state guidelines that put us all marching in the same direction. We don't need to all be the same number, but for example, with environmental codes that we have, uh, Cambridge has some of the strictest environmental codes uh, for, built, for new buildings of anywhere, uh, and that was passed in my committee uh, last term. Uh, but we're still, you know, the state has a ladder. They have different rungs that you can, you can opt into the point is, though, that everyone is moving in the same direction, so there's not this kind of competition. There's not this expectation that, you know, one city is going to be so much, uh, so much cheaper to build in in the long run. They know that we're all, it's all going in the same place, and that helps tremendously uh, in terms of getting all our buildings to be more environmentally sustainable. Uh, the same thing, I think, applies to housing. We need to start all marching in the same direction. We can be at different places on the ladder, but unless we're on the same ladder, we just wind up competing with each other. That 25% uh, number, do you... Would you be in favor of that, or do you think it's too high or too low? Uh, I think that's a good. I think it's a good goal. Um, I think that it's like it's what we'd like to see. Uh, I think there are complications in terms of how we implement it. And when I, I want to make make sure people understand, uh, when I say that twenty five percent, it's twenty five percent of you know for these large, uh, I don't know what we call them, upscale, you know, housing developments that come in. We see them all the time. Luxury units. They have to set aside twenty five percent to affordable so right now we're lower than that yeah we're so, at like 10 percent so, right so the what i would what i would point to is that i would like the percentage to be even probably greater than 25 percent in terms of what's being built that's affordable the challenge is that it's not the percentage percentages mean nothing you know percentages multiplied times something and it, it's multiplied times the number of units that we're building times that percentage equals the number of affordable units that we have going on to to the market to the to people to get them and if that if the twenty five percent gets to a point like if it was fifty percent, then you would wind up not building any housing. No one would come and build any housing here because they, they you know they could just, like I said they could go to Watertown or, or make um, more money. Somerville or Boston and uh, not have to give back that same percentage. Um, but while I want the percentage to be high as high as possible, what I also want is the number of affordable units that people can actually move into, physically get a key to, and go and put their stuff in. I want that to be as high as possible. And that means if I want that, I want the number of units available to be as high as possible, we, there's not a clear answer on whether 25% is the right number to maximize it or 20% or 30%. So there's a lot of guesswork that's going into it. Uh, that's why there, we commissioned this study uh, from CDD, but there's, there's still some caveats there. There's a lot of unknowns. 
I don't want to be in a situation where I just vote for 25% because it's a politically correct thing to do, but then next year, instead of having 1,000 units of affordable housing become available, we only have 500. I think that would be a failure. Excellent. 617-500-7100 is the phone number if you want to butt dial us. <laughs> and we are the Young Jerks. I am Brianna Morrell here with uh, Mike Crawford, and we have our guest tonight, City Councilor Leland Chung, who is running for state senator uh, this upcoming Thursday, September 8th, uh, in Cambridge. And what are the other cities as well, Leland? Somerville, Medford, and Winchester. Thank you. Your website's Leland Chung. Yep. L-E-L-A-N-D-C-H-E-U-N-G.com. They bought up all the misspellings of my name. And are now pointing them to an anti Leland Chung website. No way. I noticed yeah. that when I Googled today. Really? Yep. It's the same thing actually when you Google um, Pat Jalen, one of the first links that shows up, one of the sponsored links on Google is the same anti campaign against What is that you like well? to have paid advertisements against you like that? That must be like really a strange feeling. You know, I, 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 I just laugh it off. Yeah. It's interesting. It's politics, I'm right? I'm trying to do, I'm focused on, I just think about the things I want to do for our communities. I don't think about the, uh, the people who want to stop anything from changing and prevent the protect the status quo in the establishment but it is kind of it is kind of nuts that you know you know she will go out and criticize and complain uh, but then at the same time she's condoning this campaign of misinformation uh, this campaign of you know trying to have people misspell my name seriously yeah we will take one more call we'll see if this one comes through hello hi uh, my name's Laura and I have a question yes what is it Laura Hi, yeah, so um, I live in Somerville, and um, my rent's been going up for the last two years, and I just want to know why Senator Jalen has done nothing about it. I'm moving out now because I can't afford to live there anymore, and I just feel like there's just been nothing done. Yeah. So I'm in, I, you know, I, I have so many friends. Uh, I've seen, uh, all my friends are moving out. It's, it's this, uh, it, and it's terrible. And I, I, that's why I said, we talked about housing to begin with, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to run for state senate is I think that we need more of a coordinated strategy uh, to, to focus on affordable housing ac across, the across the entire district and region. Uh, because if, you know, it, we, we've been throwing everything we have at the wall in Cambridge to try and build more affordable housing. We do more, uh, you know, CPA funding and, and inclusionary units and, uh, and, and um, uh, the, in, in innovative, the incentive zoning than anyone else. Uh, but you, this problem is still not – because the, the, the housing market is regional, the more we do, it's like the more the demand is here and it's not spread out. And if we do – and other cities aren't matching us. So it's not it, – we're just pushing the problem outwards, and now we're seeing it in Somerville. You're seeing it in Medford. I met a person – I met a couple who uh, – one of them works at Google. The other one worked at Biogen, and they couldn't afford to live in Cambridge. And they couldn't afford to live in Somerville, and they moved out to Medford. You know, and they would love to – nothing more than to be able to walk or bike to work – uh, but there's just nothing closer to their actual work than, than to, to grow pretty far away. This is happening to so many people, and if they can't afford to live here, I, I don't know who possibly can. Uh, so there needs to be some new state regulations uh, to coordinate our housing efforts across the different cities. And Somerville, is, 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 there's some additional things that are going on. The Green Line extension, for example. You know, this was a great idea 25 years ago. Uh, it, should, it was shovel-ready. It should have been part of, you know, they should have pitched it as part of the uh, the, after the, the recession in 2009 is an investment that we should make. They waited, waited, waited. Uh, and now we're at the point where the housing market is so overheated that in anticipation of the Green Line extension coming in, developers are buying up property, jacking up the rents, 
kicking people out so that they can tear it down, rebuild new, new, more luxury condos, and that's decimating the community around uh, the area that was, it was the, the Green Line extension was supposed to help. Uh, and you know, she talks, she says she's been she's been working on this for decades. That's part of the problem, frankly. This should have been built a long time ago. If we built it, we'd, we'd be talking about the Red Line extension right now. Uh, but we need to make sure that we're not just giving developers and contractors the ability to just make a ton of money at our community's expense. Uh, so, and it, so your housing issue is coupled with, you know, the transportation issue. Uh, I think there's other things going on as well in terms of the income inequality that we're facing. We have the worst income inequality in Massachusetts in the entire country at a time when the country has the worst income inequality in all of measurable history. You know, and that we're, you're seeing that affect things like the housing and your inability to live here and, you know, your inability to go to college without being piled under a mountain of debt. Um, so a lot, there's a lot of things that need to change. Uh, I think there's no one magic bullet, but there's we're clearly headed down the wrong path in terms of this growing in, income inequality, uh, and that's that's frankly that's why I decided to run to fix these to start working on those things that that you don't people like you don't have to move out because you can't afford it because the person is jacking up your rent. Okay, I think we lost the caller. Yes, all right. I want to ask them. I if they went on a little bit too long. I want to ask them if they were going to vote for you. <laughs> I think they were. I think. Uh, I was hoping too. I thought that was one of my friends. Oh, Laura, really? Who lives in this area? If that was Laura, call back and t- let us know if uh, yeah. you like Leland's answer and if uh, I'd you love might to be voting for him. Shout out too. She's working with Women Grow Boston now. As oh, really? Well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she loves. Around she seemed here, pretty so. fired up. And yeah, she's a, a local good, college student. She, she wants to know why her rent area. went up. Rents yeah. are going up. Are you still there? I thought I heard an echo. I'm hearing mystery sound now. It's maybe my own it's voice. It's all these uh, my head. sock puppet calls coming in. Yeah, <laughs> they're getting to me. They're getting to you. Yeah. Um, so do you think then, Leland, that uh, to fix this issue that it has to be done at the state level? Because you're saying if we pass city by city measures like the 25% in Cambridge that it's just going to drive these developers into surrounding cities. So does it need to be something done at the state level rather than at the city level in order to fix this income or this uh, housing crisis that Absolutely. we're facing? So the housing market, like I said, is regional. So, you know, someone moves to the area or you're looking at where to live, you know, you're looking across, you're looking at Cambridge, Somerville, you know, across the entire, you know, Boston. Uh, because the housing market is by its nature regional, there needs to be regional solutions. Trying to just take one part of it and fix that is, you know, I don't know what the analogy is like. It's like trying to hold back the ocean with your hand. Mm-hmm. Well, that bring it issues though, like when you try to do something for Boston, Cambridge, and then you have like Western Mass. It's totally rural. Yeah. So that's why I said it doesn't. It's not so like a, like like it is with environmental sustainability of buildings. There's kind of a ladder. Uh, there's a roadmap in terms of where we're all headed culturally as a society, and where. But there are some cities like Cambridge who are at the front of it. There are Hello? other cities who are further back. Uh, but we're all in the same. The same Are you back? Is this is this uh, well, is this Laura? Yeah, this is Laura. Hi, sorry. Hi, Laura. Kind of hard to hear on the <laughs> I thought I recognized your voice when you called. Thanks for calling. Yeah, no problem. Are you gonna do? You, uh, did you first of all? Do you like Leland's answer? Yeah, no, I did like his answer, and I strongly support Leland. I'm definitely going to be voting for him on September 8th, this Thursday. Thank you. Tell your friends, <laughs> please. Oh, thank you for calling. I hope you uh, continue to listen and uh, call in. Yeah, that was a good call. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank yeah, you. I'm excited to see your new work with Women Grow, Laura. You go. That's awesome. Yes, thank you. Excellent. Where are the, what are we? We're the Young Jerks, right? We're the Young Jerks. Uh, we are here tonight with City Councilor Leland Chung. We're about to wrap it up, but now everyone's calling. So let's take another call real quick. Who's on the phone? Hello? 
Hello? Hi, who's this? Hello, I can hardly hear you. I can hear you. What, you, what, what are you calling about? What do you got to oh, say? I wanted to, I wanted to ask uh, Leland about that uh, mailer he sent out on the 21st that said uh, donate now to counteract deceitful super PAC money while at the same time he's taking 90 grand from Defer. Yeah, so I'm not taking 90 grand. I, w- I wish I had that much money in my account. They're, they're, they got in after the MTA, the teachers union, started launching attack ads. Uh, they've been the group supporting me. I've said I say this publicly all the time. I only want positive things about the ideas I want to promote, the issues I want to champion, the things I want to get done on the state senate. What they're doing, they're putting up websites with misspellings of my name. Well, no, I'm not asking about my... what they're doing, sir. I ask you why you can put in the mail to donate now to contract deceitful super PAC money while you take it. So I so I can't take it. I don't control it. I don't know what they're doing. I well, then who's Rebecca Rutenberg? So I like I said, there's a there there's a sto- there's clear state laws. I'm not allowed. I don't know what they're doing. Well, wait a minute. Did Rebecca Rutenberg do some consulting work for you in in 2015? Yeah, and then we had to stop talking again. Well, doesn't she work for D for now? Who? I'm wondering who you are. You got a lot of info. (laughs) What's your name, bro? My name's Ron. Ron, who you who you with? I'm not with anybody. I'm just asking the. the Okay. Are you a private? are Are you a private citizen? Yes, I am. And and you said in Somerville. Belmont. Oh, Belmont. Okay. All right. I mean, uh, it, I mean, uh, you, it's, you seem like you know your stuff. I don't even know who these people are, and you're bringing yeah, up stuff. You, very you, you, informed. Uh, well, I just want, there's some there's some there's a perception of collusion here, and I want you know I want some questions. Yeah, so just, just be answered. So and I also want to know any, why you don't list the fact that you ran as a Republican in Virginia on your bio on your website. I was the front page of the Herald two years ago. I mean, I've okay, been but why is it on the bio on your website? It's not, you know what, I mean, uh, let me, wait, 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 sir, sir, let me answer that one. To Cambridge oh, come voters. on, man, man. Why don't you let them know that you were a Republican? All right, I, I appreciate your uh, call. We're going to move on. Thank you very much, sir. But uh, you know why I got to go? Because it's like, it's almost silly. You're, he's yelling at you about something that's like silly. Like, you're running in Cambridge in Somerville in the Democratic Party. Why are you going to put your Republican up at one point? Does it really matter? People know. There's a, there's a lot like, of things in my yeah. bio that I, I don't put on. You're right. I have too many degrees that we don't actually list them all. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, 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 this, this is, uh, this, they keep coming at me with this whole Republican thing. I was raised Republican. <laughs> yeah. You know, my, I, Who I, cares? Talk about, I talk about the fact that my, I'll just tell you the quick story. My father immigrated here. Um, but, you know, and, and always came, was living in Cambridge, was going to school at BU, uh, was, was relished the fact that we were so, like, the, at the end of the 60s, 69, there was all this civic activism, people participating, and made sure that I grew up you know, understanding that how lucky I was that he moved here. So he brought the whole family back to China every few years to visit cousins and relatives still living there. And, you know, my cousins in China can't just run for office because they have a different idea to offer. They can't challenge the establishment or the electeds without risking reprisal on themselves or the family. Uh, they don't have the same kind of freedom. And, and my father taught me that if, if that opportunity is also responsibility because if we don't take advantage of that freedom, if we don't participate in government, if we don't participate in our communities, then we wind up, uh, you know, that's how, that's how the downfall of democracy. But at the same time, keep in mind, you know, my, my, I never met my grandmother. You know, she, she died in the communist revolution. And so my father moving here, as much as he loves, loved opportunity and the community, also thought we should have as small of government as possible. They should not get involved in any of our life. You know, we want them as, as far away from people as possible. Uh, but it was, it was, it's you know just built into that, you know, the life that life that he had, and I never questioned it. 
uh, until uh, I, much later in life when I, you know, most, many people, most people get this kind of realization uh, on their own time. I did it very publicly. But, you know, I think everyone in Cambridge knows it. It's been out there ad nauseum. Uh, it was the front page of the Herald. I was on the, the Chronicle. It's, it's, it's not like I'm hiding it at all. It's very, very public. I make no, uh, no, I make no apologies for it. If anything, it has made me a stronger Democrat. My track record on the Cambridge City Council as one of the most progressive members, as uh, on the Democratic State Party, uh, as a member there, invited in by the former, uh, the former executive director, John Walsh, to join the executive committee. To I helped write uh, the Democratic Party platform. I think my credentials and track record definitely are speak for themselves. Strong, yeah, and uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> we can't take all the calls. We get all of a sudden the phone lines are lighting up, and we actually got a roll because we got a uh, a phone call from another candidate coming up at 7 p.m. that we're going to take. Uh, and we're over time with you. you. You gave us more time. I appreciate it. <laughs> took the calls. and uh, Well, this is fun. Yeah. We came over from canvassing. That was a lot of fun, and it's always fun to hang out with you guys. I, I, yeah, we appreciate Thank that. you so much for coming down and coming in and answering the questions. And answering on the screen. Like, you guys got to realize, like, Leon's coming in. Unfiltered. He's not <laughs> answering calls that a screener took. We have no idea who these people are. And we, we let him go, and... and you answer him. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm always happy to, as long as people stop yelling and right to listen to the answer. He was a little loud. He when you said <laughs> hurt my ears and I'm a loud guy. Like, come on, like, and especially about something like that. It's like, you're, you're, why would you run, put that you're a Republican? And that's not like really pertinent to running in the Democratic primary. It's just not. It's yeah. not. It's not. People, if they want to know, they already know. It's not like you hit you. You're hiding it or something. I also it's don't think silly. it should be used as a dirty. Dirty yeah. accusation against yeah. somebody right? in that it, kind of yeah. way. Yeah, it's either. not shady. It's not. It's like it's nothing. Really it's a nothing. Not. It shows you know personal growth, and if you have some uh, personal growth that has you change parties, or you know a lot of people don't agree with the two exactly. party system. Exactly. Sometimes it's a good thing to change parties. Sometimes it shows that you're uh, you know it's definitely you shouldn't have to be constricted to having to live within the boundaries of this one party because you have voted or aligned yourself with them at one point in your life. Republicans are people too. Exactly. Even, though, even though most of the time I hammer them. I can think of one exception. <laughs> Which one? You know, I'm running for president right now. Oh, that guy. Yeah. yeah, he's a strange one. We won't get into that because then we'll get a lot of calls that we don't oh, want. Go down the rabbit hole. Then. Yeah, I, I, I've fought those people in the past. The Breitbart people. When we had the Breitbart, uh, you weren't around, but that was crazy. Oh, man. 617-500-7100 is the phone number. Put in your phone. Call earlier next time. I know people have been calling in trying to get more you know, calls, but we got to roll. We're going to uh, speak to uh, Kerry running for state rep. And, again, I want to thank Leland Chung, uh, city councilor coming in, challenging the state senator. We should play a Rocky song going out on this because that's the type of fight he's doing right now. Uh, it's I, Good luck to you, Leland Chung. Thank you so much. Dot com is the uh, website if you want to support them. Canvas for them, make phone calls, send contributions. Don't forget to get out and vote this Thursday, September 8th. Most importantly, if you are in his district, be sure to vote and tell your friends to vote as well. Yeah, and, and again, we don't really tell people how to vote. You vote however you want, whether it's the Leland or uh, the state senator or, or maybe a write-in, whoever. Just go out and vote. Maybe Vermin you're in a different Supreme. district. Yeah, vote go vote. But I, I do endorse. I'm endorsing Leland. Definitely, and especially if you don't, if you if you are feeling jaded and you're feeling like the political process isn't working, that's exactly you're exactly that person that needs to vote. We need more people who are tuning out to get back into the polls 
Uh, and that's how we're going to put this country back on track. And it's making a difference, you know, in all sorts of ways, good and bad. But people are getting more engaged. They realize that it's more important. And you should, too, if you don't. If you're not registered, get registered so you can vote next time, too. Uh, again, LeelandChung.com, thank you for coming in. I'm going to give you a little round of applause thank for you. it today. We wish you well. I'll be looking. I'll be Thursday night. I'll be checking to see if you want. I can't wait to see <laughs> what happens. So Appreciate it. All right. We'll be right back. Oh, we're back live. That's a quick, uh, that was another really quick, quick cut commercial here <laughs> at WEMF Radio for legalizing weed. Who knew? Well, I guess that's the kind of ad we should be running here, right? Yes. The well, best kind of ads. Yeah, because we're, we're running way behind. We're supposed to uh, have this interview come up at 7, and the guest is uh, running for office right now and, and is accommodating us, which is awesome. Uh, we're going to bring him on right now, right, Brianna? Yes. We have uh, Carrie Thompson here on the phone with us. Um, she is running uh, for uh, state senate in the third Plymouth district. Am I getting state that rep, correct? I believe. State rep in the third Plymouth district, um, and she has a pretty impressive background of uh, activism work herself and work that she has done. Um, really excited to talk to you tonight, Carrie. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me on. I would never turn down a opportunity to be on Young Jerks. Uh, yeah, you guys are great. Because you have fun, you said. You say, it's a party, right? Yeah, I'm actually talking to you in between having some drinks with friends. I mean, it is Saturday over Labor Day, so I have to kind of be a cool candidate as well. You could squeeze it in, <laughs> uh, squeeze that in on this show. Definitely, you know that. I know. I, I hung out with you guys in person last time, and it was way more of a party than I imagined. So I'm trying to bring the party, you know, to you guys here from the South Shore as well. So I also, I just had one cocktail. I love that, that you're doing that for us. Because, you know, today we had uh, City Council Leland Chang. He's running for Mass State Senate come in. And uh, he's been here okay, several yeah. times. And he noted today that there weren't as many people here. He was. It seemed like he was a little disappointed that the, there wasn't as much of a party Aww. here. Yeah, things didn't weren't it? popping up to. He said that a couple of times, didn't he? Yeah. He was like, oh, it's, it's pretty quiet. <laughs> but now we have Carrie. It's, it's Labor Day. Yeah. yeah, it's Labor Day, so I understand how it was probably a little more quiet. But yeah, cause all... I'm raising my glass to all of you and all the listeners here from the Hingham Shipyard. How is the campaign going? It looks like it's going amazing. You got. Let me just recap for people that may have missed yeah. it or forgotten. You got, uh, number one, a major... You know, there aren't many major Republicans in Massachusetts, but someone who ran for a statewide office uh, that, yeah. you know, kind of a young uh, star in the Republican Party, Gabriel Gomez, who endorsed yep. you. He's a, he's a veteran as well. Uh, and you also had a Democratic, uh, I believe he was the Attorney General at one point, Scott Hoshberger, yes. endorsed you. Yes, that's a, yeah, that's right. And you have Evan Falchuk, obviously another person who's uh, pretty major in Massachusetts right now, who's endorsed you. I mean, you must be happy right now. I know. I'm I'm honored to have all of them. It's funny, too, because I keep hearing that no one would have ever expected these people to support the same person. So I'm taking that as a compliment, but it's also, I think, a sign that a lot of us are ready to do something different with Massachusetts politics. And I, they're all such great guys, Evan and Gabriel and Scott. So I'm honored to have the support from all of them. But I don't think anyone would have ever expected that all three of them would be on the same team. You know what I mean? No, nah, I wouldn't. Uh, did you expect it? No. In, in all honesty, if you were to ask me two years ago if I would have 
even wanted Gabriel Gomez's endorsement, I would have said no, just because I was such a well-behaved Democrat. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I do. I've been such a good party person for so long that it really took some out-of-the-box thinking for me to start thinking differently. And I'll be honest and say that when Gabriel was first running for Senate, I didn't even support him because I didn't even know him. And, you know, I assumed that I was supposed to be supporting Senator Markey. But once I got to know him, it's like you start to realize that people are different than how they're portrayed. And Gabriel and I actually had a lot more in common politically than I realized. So he's been wonderful. It's just I'm seeing different things happen with this particular campaign running as an independent that I never saw being a Democrat, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, it does. Uh, How do you think you're going to do on this primary? Thursday, you need people to uh, put stickers and write you in uh, on the United Independent Party, Mm -hmm. uh, which isn't easy to get people. Yeah, (laughs) It's, It's such a hard situation in terms of how this election is playing out that it's really hard to tell how I'm going to do. I mean, we are out door knocking, campaigning around the clock, hoping that we're going to do very well. But because it's such a confusing situation for voters and because this primary is on a Thursday after Labor Day, it's really hard to get people focused on even thinking about this election next week. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, for example, we were out campaigning today and no one cares. Everyone's focusing on enjoying the weekend and I don't blame them. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's the last but, weekend before yeah. falls in school for a lot. Of, I mean, some people's school even started this week, but next week it's like, right. I'm in business. I'm seeing the same thing next. You know, Tuesday is when I'm getting busy again. You know, Monday, nothing's going on right. this weekend. You know, I had a voter whose door I knocked on today that told me that they're getting back to quote unquote real life on Tuesday and right. that they can't focus on me right now. <laughs> yeah. What a tough week to have an but election. No doubt. I It's. In all honesty, I think that my biggest, you know, opponent right now is just time and dealing with the situation of time. It's just my heart goes out to voters because it's hard to get people to show up to vote for you when you're on the ballot, let alone dealing with a situation where there are five of us running who need to be written in on the ballot. So we're all kind of facing an uphill battle like that. I'm 100 percent planning on being on the ballot i'm hoping that everything goes well thursday but i will say that i originally thought that 150 write-in votes would be easier than it is and now i see that with the complexity of this election and dealing with the time that it's being held it's a lot more challenging than i thought oh we wish you well so again how can people do this how they can write you in and or get a sticker from your website right now And I will say, too, we're a little bit worried about the sticker situation, too, because the town clerks are worried that all of the stickers are going to crash the ballot machines. I'm not (laughs) even kidding you. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, this could be another, like, Florida 2000 situation where we have hanging chads or, you know, ballot machines that are crashing. I'm, I'm really not sure how Thursday is going to play out. So I'm telling voters to just write my name in because of the situation with the stickers that's happening. So you can write my name in on the independent party ballot and just write Terry Thompson Cohasset, and all of the town clerks have said that they will count that as a vote. But, you know, it's it's going to be very interesting how this turns out. I'm hoping that all the ballot machines can read all the write-in votes 
But I also think that it's going to be a night where all of the four town clerks in our district are probably going to be awake very late Thursday night, and I'm not sure we're even going to have results by Thursday night. Um, I wonder, too. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be checking out all the websites trying to find out. I know that. I'll be, you know, I, I bet I'll find out from you before anyone else. But, I mean, I would love for people to check out my Facebook page. Check out my website, joincarry.org, J-O-I-N-K-E-R-I.org. I'm really excited about this campaign. I think that there's an energy to it that I haven't felt before with a lot of previous campaigns. And we're having fun. I mean, it's really been a great experience so far. It's just hard to, it's hard to anticipate what's actually going to happen on Thursday, if you know what I mean. Yes. We're almost out of time here, but a couple of questions. Uh, what are, What are some of the sure. big issues you're talking, you're door knocking? What are people interested in right now? And in maybe even some of the people, you know, the big wigs we talked about who endorsed you. Yeah. What, what were they? What are they interested in too? The big wigs and me, especially. The main issue is that people are so frustrated with feeling like our political system is not listening to the voices of the people. So I'm really getting a lot of traction with talking about just the general frustration people have with Beacon Hill. And I've come out for some things that surprises a lot of people. So, for example, I am for term limits. And one of my goals is to try to get term limits on our Speaker of the House on Beacon Hill and then possibly for the whole legislature if we can. I think that it's something that could help us get more fresh ideas and people that aren't completely entrenched in the system you know, elected when that's not really possible right now. So a lot of issues dealing with transparency of our government on all levels, but mostly local and statewide, has really been resonating. I'm also very passionate about helping small businesses in my district because it's really a very powerful issue because we have so many small businesses, especially restaurants and retail stores that care a lot about, you know, improving their lives and on that note, also increasing minimum wage. I am for a $15 minimum wage as well. I'm also opposed to Common Core, and I will say I'm the only candidate out of the five of us candidates running that supports the ballot question about legalizing marijuana. I am for that and think that it's a smart decision, both fiscally and scientifically. Hallelujah. That's why we... So we, there's a lot of issues. I uh, love a lot of issues. It's fun to talk about the issues, but I'm actually kind of sad I haven't gotten to talk about many issues because we're so busy <coughs> talking about procedural stuff, like how to vote for me. <laughs> yes, I know, right? We spent a lot of time yeah. on that today. I mean, that's... that's a, for, it's frustrating. Yeah. I want to talk about substance, but I have to talk about all this craziness instead. Would you be... Uh, I imagine you would be in support of a lot of this electoral reform where we can change 100%. the entire system. Yeah. So that, I, would, I mean, I, I think we should be able to, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. anyone should be able to vote for any party they want at any time. We shouldn't have to I agree. go through all this, yep. change your registration, it's and yep. it's crazy. That means an open primary instead of, quote, unquote, a closed primary. We should have open primaries. We should have same-day registration. We should be registering people to vote when they get their license. We need to get big money out of politics. I mean, we have a lot of stuff to do in terms of making elections more transparent and accessible to voters. And, uh, I'm, every time you open your mouth, Carrie, I'm like, hallelujah. Like, you, <laughs> you, you got everything going for you. I'm sure you say that to all of your radio guests. Not really. <laughs> Especially not the callers. Well, I'm, I'm flattered. I'm flattered. Well, you should be, I think. 
Uh, Carrie, I'm wondering where are you on the other uh, ballot questions? We were talking a lot about the charter schools tonight. What's your opinion so on I am two? opposed to lifting the cap on charter schools. I am opposed to the gambling question, but I am for the animal rights question. So my answers would be no, no, yes, yes. What's the gambling one? Because that's the only one I'm not sure about. I'm with you on everything so far again. I believe it's allowing, I, I'm not sure, I'm not, I can't say the entire language right now because I'm not in front of my computer, but it's allowing some other type of casino slash uh, slot machine uh, type thing to exist in the state, and I'm just, I'm not in favor of it. I don't yeah. favor of it. Are you like me? You're fun. over it. You're like, we have enough gambling. We have enough lottery. we got new casinos exactly. coming. What do we need more? Give me a break. Yeah, so, okay, so you and I agree on all the ballot questions. Pretty I much. Yeah, I think we agree on all the issues so far, too. <laughs> I know. You and I might be political soulmates. I think we might be. <laughs> this is Carrie Thompson we're speaking to. She's running for Mass State Rep. Uh, where are you running again? What cities and towns can they write you in it's on? The third, the third Plymouth District, and that is all of Cohasset, all of Hull, most of Hingham, and one part of Situate that's North Situate. South Shore. Yes, South Shore. It's a good time down here. You should come. You should come down. I've been down there. I, it's a, it is a good time. I <laughs> I have got a it lot is. of friends. I went to uh, Bridgewater State with a lot of South Shore kids. Good yeah, kids. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah, I would love to come down and uh, celebrate a, a Kerry win. How 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 about that? That would be good. That sounds like a that sounds like a great plan. I love that idea. So it's this Thursday, and your website again is uh, joincarry Joincarry.org, J-O-I-N-K-E-R-I.org. And then for the write-in, people need to write in Carrie Thompson Cohasset. You yes. said they will accept? Yes, okay. that is correct. Excellent. Well, I appreciate your time, and I hope you uh, enjoy the rest of your night at, with you know having drinks with your friends. My pleasure. Yeah, I'm going to go order another drink now, so I hope you guys have a good night. Too. Can we, one last quick. What are you drinking? I ha it's a really interesting summer concoction that involves vodka, Prosecco, blackberries, and strawberries. Wow. It's <laughs> fancy. Yeah, it sounds fancy. Summer, sounds good. It's a special summer cocktail. I, I hope you enjoy it. Thank you, Carrie. Have a good night, guys. Later. That was Carrie Thompson running for Mass State. For rep. Was it too awkward? I don't think it was too no? awkward. Good. No, you guys had so many like political common ground there. Yeah, we seem like we were having fallen in love right there. Yeah, that was that was good after coming back after a, an aggressive call. Oh, that guy the before. Break. Yeah, yeah, I think it was good yeah. to come back and have a nice. I mean, sometimes you just gotta, you know, who are these people? We just let people call in. You don't know who they are, what their agenda is, and it, uh, you know, he wasn't that bad. He let me ask a couple questions. He's cool, but then. I don't know. I just felt like I didn't want to hear that crap. Did you? I didn't think it was valid either. No, I think when uh, when you're asking people questions, you have to make sure that you're not attacking them. You have to ask and give time for a response. And if you badger them repeatedly, then they don't have time to respond. Yeah. And it's not fair. Yeah, it's not fair. And I think uh, Li Lin Chung did a good job today. Even, like I said, I don't agree with them really on the, the, the charter school issue at this point, I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't think we got that answer him on <laughs> yeah. what you his are answer after, on question you are, two. Like, usually in the past, I've been the bulldog that will like try to do that. Like You you were like, I, how many questions did you ask him I, on that one issue? You tried to go to the green line, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. no charter schools. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he expected that, did he? 
I just, I have a thing with charter schools. I don't know. I, coming coming from my background and just the experiences that I've seen um, with my friends and uh, just what charter schools created and um, people's lives around me and just the, it, it's a good idea. It's a really great idea that you want to have this choice that you can send your children to these better schools. And so we do have these charter schools. But then by opening up this law that basically takes money and funds it towards these charter schools without putting in more money into the budget to compensate for what you're taking from the public schools, um, then that's uh, pretty iffy. And, you know, I also, I don't think he really answered, I don't know, to my satisfaction as to why Defer was so invested in this. Um, he said it was just because, you know, Jalen had these attack, the MTA, Massachusetts Teachers Association, running attack ads against him. And so that was the only reason that they came in. But yeah. that... I don't know. But. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, at this point, who would you vote for? The person who didn't show up or Leland? And obviously, I'm, 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 you know, asking a pointed question in that response. You know, I have to say I really like Leland on everything else, and I think he's very progressive on what he does. So when it comes down to it, I think he is um, the person that I would choose to vote for because he uh, does so much work to get things done as a city councilor. Um, and he's so invested in that and that he is making good points. You know, a 25-year MBTA project with no results showing um, isn't really a good track record, uh, especially when that's such a contentious issue in this election. And it will help all of these other things, such as housing, income inequality. Uh, extending the MBTA helps ease all of these other problems, too. Yeah. I think he's a great candidate, and he'll do a lot. Um, I think that people should. I would vote for him if I was in Over that Pat? district. Yeah. yeah. Even though, okay. I think so. Over Pat, yeah. Even though she supports you more on that issue that you were. I think on that specific issue, I also think she's a, a great person as well. You know, her track record too, what she has done for women, um, for LGBT communities. Um, she's done a lot of really great. Yeah, things I think so area. too. Um, I think it's a tough election. You know, I think it's getting interesting when they're. You know, getting a little nasty with each other. It is. It's coming down. It's from like turning from a social justice focus to now it's getting into economic and where business and where the money is coming from. Yeah. And once you start talking about big money and elections, that was something that, you know, I thought when watching her debate yesterday with uh, Liam Kerr from Defer, um, she kept they were both agreeing that big money should be kept out of elections, yet he was putting money into the election and also accusing her of receiving money I from know. the MTA. And how can so. you really keep it out? Uh, it's you impossible. Know, it's like creating another you know, drug war. It's like another just a bureaucracy of trying to stop it. And you'll never be able to stop money. You can't stop money. We got to go. We're not going to solve all these problems. But I think it was a good show, Brie. What do you think? I think so. Yeah, and we'll be back next week, uh, maybe discussing more of these issues. I'm one of the ballot campaigns, or no, actually the opposition to what are the campaigns called us. Uh, we might have them on. We'll see what happens. Uh, but we'll be continuing to cover it. Uh, we didn't even get back to the stories, uh, the news that we'll be talking about in the future. But uh, we're doing a, a cannabis education event coming, yes, coming, coming up. up. The Boston Freedom Rally, September 17th and 18th. And we're also doing a uh, cannabis education event at a Martin Walsh Beer Garden. Yes. You cannabis education event slash protest. Yeah, so you right? check that out on our Facebook page. Facebook.com uh, slash The Young Jerks, J-U-R-K-S. That's how we spell jerks. And uh, check out our events. Be there. Show up. 
especially to the beer garden event. Yeah, that would be awesome. That's where you can meet the real people and networked as well, and uh, maybe get some press for the you know coverage and you know just do something good for what we need right now. We need to fight back on legal. And especially getting a chance to ask the mayor why uh, why he will not support cannabis and yet have this beer garden in front of his uh, workplace. And show show him that the uh, emperor wears no clothes. Marty Walsh wears no clothes on this. <laughs> we got to show him because the media is not doing. It. We got to do it. We got to take up. You know, I, I was gonna say take up arms because I've had like a half a, a half a beer here. You're ready to go? But now. no, I don't mean arms. But we got to take up our joints, and we got to show up, mm-hmm. and we got to show the uh, the public that we're here. And uh, we're showing up. Marty Walsh on his double standard on cannabis and alcohol. It, you know, Marty Walsh acts like. Uh, cannabis made him an alcoholic, but then he admits he never smoked a joint. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just craziness. So uh, we gotta we gotta show up on that event. But we're gonna we'll be back next week as well at uh, six p.m. and well maybe six oh five, maybe six oh seven. Yeah, six right, Herb. Two. Herb's like talking to someone else <laughs> in the other room. <laughs> Thumbs up. Thumbs one up of the big the... managements here. That's why he's talking to them. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Management is here today. Dave Crespo is here, and uh, Herb's paying attention to the boss. Well, we gotta go. That's a sign. We we need to talk to the boss too. So <laughs> that's what that's why we're calling you back in, Herb. We it's like we're we're done talking. We're ready. Now. We're ready. What do you? Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye.